Do you long to walk where Jesus walked, sail the Sea of Galilee, and sit under the olive trees in the Garden of Gethsemane? Then join me and Bible teacher Carol McLeod in Israel, March 27th through April 5th, 2023. We would love to have you. Find out more details at angeladonadio.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donadio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, in today's episode, Tracy Mitchell is here to help us know how to step out of the shadows and into God confidence, how to stop letting betrayal steal our dreams, and how to awaken courage in others. As one of the nation's leading Bible teachers and conference speakers, Tracy Mitchell travels 40 plus weeks a year speaking to diverse and cross-cultural groups, and she's making time to be on the Make Life Matter podcast today. Whether speaking to men, women, corporate CEOs, or the homeless, Tracy's love and passion for rewriting the lives of the brokenhearted make her messages relevant and empowering. Well, welcome, Tracy. I'm so honored to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited to share a conversation today. Well, I know how busy you are. We've been trying for a while to make this happen, and I'm so glad we've had the chance. I feel like I've gotten a chance to get to know you in our conversations, and I'm so excited to let our listeners get to know you more. Tracy, you are making your life matter for the kingdom in so many ways. You hold a doctorate of theology. You're a published author, executive producer, and co-host of Life from DFW, CEO of The Winning Woman, a ministry-based consulting firm, and you're the founder and CEO of The Thrive Conference. So I would just love to hear some of your story, Tracy, especially for people that are maybe unfamiliar with you, and what led you eventually to this life of full-time ministry? <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, I, I'm doing everything that I never planned on doing. I like to say it that way, that um, God used all of my weaknesses and somehow in his grace and mercy um, transformed them into some strengths for him. You know, growing up, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. We lived in abject poverty, had a lot of things stacked against me, and um, I was an introvert. I was very shy and carried a, a baggage full of rejection and, and other things, and so the last thing that I ever thought I would do would be um, in a public space, speaking before people, or you know, truthfully writing things where other people could critique my work, and um, so strictly, it's just the grace of God, you know, leading me into places that I dared not even have courage for those roles myself. I love that because I think when people see women like you, Tracy, both of us have been in full-time ministry our whole lives. And maybe it, I hate to say it this way, and but I'm just going to say it because this is what I'm, this is what I mean. I think sometimes it can look really easy from the outside, but what you just acknowledged is, you know, you have fought for this courage and And I think that speaks volumes to people who might look at it and go, well, yeah, it's easy for her, but it's difficult for me. You know, speak to that for a second, what tenacity and resilience it does take for us to live this life of bravery for the kingdom. 
Yeah, I in writing brave, you know, um, I writing how to be brave. My world literally fell apart. I had five mm. tragedies in 28 days. And I think both heaven and hell wanted to test uh, my worthiness to write on the subject matter. And it was interesting because as I began to carve out the thoughts of becoming brave, I realized maybe for the very first time that women aren't brave because they choose to be brave, but usually women are brave because they have no choice but to be brave. Mm. And I'm sure there are so many women who are listening today, in particular women um, who think about courage and they do think it's for, you know, some faraway remote woman who has it all together and is horribly brilliant and articulate and maybe beautiful. And they look at maybe their own lives and don't feel like they measure up. And I'm telling you some of the, the, the people that you, that God uses in the most real way and the most um, transformational way are women who maybe don't feel brave or qualified at the moment, but they surrender their day-to-day lives. They surrender where they are and God transforms that place of brokenness into something powerful and something beautiful. Mm. Do you feel like there's one or two key things, Tracy, that helped you to navigate that season? That's the first I've heard that, that you you know, went through this season of so much tragedy and adversity while you were trying to write this message. That's so empowering. Is there something that lifted out of that, that really helped you to be able to keep moving forward in that season? Yeah. I think one of the key things was, as I was sitting on the back porch, watching my husband who had been in in a brutal accident and a baby monitor on the back porch and watching my newborn granddaughter and the other baby monitor, I had to really weigh out what a, what a brave life looked like. And the only way that I really could rise above all of the circumstances um, that were hitting consecutively was really to rise up and to see things not from a horizontal perspective, but to see them from a heavenly vertical perspective. And so um, the tangible steps for for that, for me, were, um, again, sitting on my back porch, carving out time every day um, to dive deeper into his word. I mean, this sounds simple, but it's the honest truth. I carved out more prayer time and I leaned into my heavenly father in ways that in all my busyness, Um, prior to this season, I had not done. And I realized that my strength was not in myself because I think most of us who are type A and very driven, um, it can be easy for us to slip slide and into our own strength and our own resources and, and kind of take care of ourselves, maybe because we haven't had anyone do that before. And I really, God just took me back to the ABCs, one, two, threes of not relying on self, talent, abilities, or opportunities but leaning in and 110% relying on him. Mm, that's so good, Tracy. I, I, I went through a season of nearly losing my life back to back seasons, 2001 and 2003. So I so relate to everything that you just shared and how we don't even know necessarily that we're doing it, but we are depending on our own strength and our own, whatever you can fill in the blank. But then when we are just in a different season and God's like, you have to be dependent on me. I I think we can discover that in easier seasons and more comfortable seasons, but I think we definitely have the potential to develop it in those more um, difficult, like you explained, more difficult seasons where we just are slowed down enough 
to let God kind of work on the places of our life that we don't necessarily make as a, as available to him, um, where we're doing for him, but we're not necessarily just being in him in Christ and letting him fully develop what he wants in us. So thank you for sharing that because I, I, I don't want us to just blow past, Hey, we're going to show you how to be brave and not, you know what I mean? And not like be candid about, listen, sometimes it's a fight, you know, you're sitting on your back porch, you're listening to a baby monitor to check on your husband. I mean, these are, these are the gritty moments in life in which bravery is formed in those crucible moments. So I thank you for just continuing to push through as I've been reading, becoming brave, Tracy, this is a book that really encourages women. And if you're not a woman, you're a man that's listening. I want to encourage you to stay tuned in because number one, we all need bravery in our life. And number two, there is a woman in your life that this is going to encourage, and you're going to know and understand them better and how to help encourage them to walk in the call of God in their life. As you listen to this episode, but this book becoming brave, which is there's several that you have written, but I've, I've been reading this one recently, encouraging us to come out of the shadows and walk fully in God's call on our lives. And Tracy, you and I are both these kind of type A strong women in leadership in ministry roles. You lead off with that in kind of the early chapters and what it means to be an Azar from the book of Genesis. And I don't want to lean too much into that, but I love this statement that you say, and you can, if you want go back to that, but you say that we can be both feminine and fierce and one does not cancel out the other. You and I both love Deborah. You talk about her in a number of chapters. I actually just spoke on her on mother's day and she was a leader and judge in Israel that's found in judges five and six. So Tracy, maybe talk about what it has been like to be a woman in leadership, a strong woman with a strong voice, but a tender heart. Talk about the importance of us as men and women and valuing women in both ministry and leadership. Yeah, I definitely think it's so essential that we not only acknowledge, but make room, you know, Mm -hmm. for women that have prophetic voices, or at least women who have strong biblical voices. And I think it is, it's that, it's that beautiful combination of being a woman who is gritty and a woman who's also graceful. Mm. And I I think balancing the grit out with the grace. um, And I I do reference number numerous occasions in the Bible. I I talk about the the daughters of Zelophad and of course, Deborah um, and how they navigated um, a, a social season and time where women were not necessarily embraced or invited to the table. And I think um, now we're living in a culture where women are, are being invited to the table more frequently. But I, th- I think that we before really haven't had as much to say. And now when we're being brought to the table, we have to learn to weigh our words as women. You know, I don't want an invitation. I don't want to finally, as women, get an invitation to the seat. And then for us to misuse our authority in some way, our God-given authority, and then not appropriate our words properly. And so Becoming Brave, we talk about that. We talk about what it's like to balance our words. I think that's one of the key things. And before in, in generations past, women went from fighting men for a position to the place now that there are more, um, at least in the United States, there are more women CEOs than there are men. I mean, you talk about a great pendulum shift, at least in my lifetime, where right. women were just fight, fighting for wage equality, and now there are more CEO women. Mm-hmm. And so trying to figure out, we went from wanting a slice of the pie to now the majority of women are owning the pie companies. And before we went for fighting men for a place at the table, if we're not careful, we'll fight each other 
over who's going to own the pie company. Ooh, and so, so I, yeah, so I think that we as women have to learn to treat each other well. If there's ever a thing I'm seeing in this particular season with strong Debras that are rising everywhere you turn, is that we have to learn to not only just fight for our place, but to learn how to work well with each other. Mm, that's so good. And I've written about comparison, Tracy, and uh, some of the Bible studies that I've written. And it's such an issue. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's one thing to say, I want to walk in my God-given authority. There's an anointing on my life. You mentioned a couple of key places that, that's fleshed out in scripture. And, and guys, I want you to get the book, Becoming Brave. So we're not going to belabor too much what she mentioned there, but she does delve into that in a lot more detail. But this is such an issue. You know, we want to say in theory, oh, we're so much stronger together as women. And we really are. But underneath that is this undertow of comparison. And you have an entire chapter, Tracy, actually, that talks about betrayal, which to me is this negative side of what you're talking about. Okay. I want to be stronger together. I want to link arms with Tracy. I want us to run this race together, but I've been hurt or betrayed or felt like a woman has, you know, kicked the seat out from under me that I was trying to sit at at that table or whatever you might have felt. So let's talk a little bit about betrayal, Tracy, because I think that's so crucial, maybe for someone who's feeling a bit stung when we talk about, Hey, we have got to stop competing with each other. You share that betrayal is the number one tactic that the enemy uses to steal our courage. That is a very powerful statement to think about that. And betrayal makes us lonely. It makes lonely look enticing. You say that to us, it makes lonely look enticing and it places bets against our destiny. That was so powerful. I actually went back and reread that paragraph a couple of times and thought, wow, I've never thought about betrayal doing that. Listen to that one more time, guys. Betrayal is the number one tactic the enemy uses to steal our courage. Betrayal makes lonely look enticing. Now we're back to, I don't need you. I don't need to share the space. I don't need to sit at the table with women. I can do it myself. It places bets against our destiny. Betrayal ultimately steals our dreams. So Tracy, if we're going to move past this unhealthy comparisons, this scarcity mindset that women can get into, how can we move past betrayal and step into our God assignments with confidence? Maybe how have you done this in your life and how can you encourage us to do it? Yeah. And, you know, spot on is betrayal isn't something that can be undone in a day, (laughs) you know, and the reason that betrayals bite or sting um, can be almost lethal is because it goes to the core of our identity. Mm. You know, when you're turned on, you really do a lot of internal introspection, I guess, for lack of a better term, is you begin to evaluate, you know, how did I, how did I miss this? Or why am I in this situation? Or those closest to me can turn on me, then surely I'm an, I'm an easy target for others. Or what did I do maybe to to place myself in um, this situation? And so we have all of this internal dialogue going on when we have betrayal. And it usually leads to that negative side of our identity. And so one of the things that I have consciously done on the times that betrayal has really run deep in my life is I really tried to pinpoint any counter assault 
um, that would try to redefine my identity. Mm. So I would write down, okay, here is what this act of betrayal is making me feel like. Here's the identity that betrayal is trying to impose upon me. And then I would have to go back and look through scripture and dig deep into my prayer life and begin to list off who I really am, right? And what does God actually say about me? And then to really allow the Holy Spirit more than anything is to allow the Holy Spirit to put betrayal into context. I mean, I always say when I wrote uh, my book on rejection, embracing rejection as a golden opportunity, I talk about the betrayal of Jesus, how that one act of betrayal was the only thing that led Jesus to the feet of his assignment. And so often we think of betrayal or rejection as a very negative thing. And when we look at it in context, betrayal often leads us to the very core, the very center, and the very feet of our assignment, if we will give it permission to work for us. Mm. Wow, that's so good, Tracy. And guys, you can see just she is such a wealth of insight and wisdom. There's so much wisdom, not only in this book, but I'm glad you mentioned one of your others as well. Let me just stop and share right now there, Tracy, if they're leaning in and they're like, I have got to get a hold of one of her books, where do you want them to go to connect with you? I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, but I just feel like there's someone right now that's like, how do I get a hold of this book or one or the book on rejection? What website can you steer them to or multiple that you want them to go and get a hold of your resources? Yes, absolutely. TracyMitchell.com. TracyMitchell.com. Um, any one of those, just Google my name, TracyMitchell.tv.com or Garnett. Yes. And guys, that's with an EY. It's in my show notes too. Tracy's with an EY, TracyMitchell.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, I want to talk about, and thank you so much for what you said about betrayal. I think that's just so helpful because I think we feel like it somehow interrupted our destiny and stole our destiny. And I love what you were just sharing, Tracy, is let's just reframe that and look at it, that it may be the very catalyst that's leading us toward our destiny. And even if, even if it was just intended to completely take us out, Mm -hmm. the, the core crux is, do we trust God enough? And trust our destiny to him enough to know that despite what happened or did not happen and the way that we thought it should horizontally, that does not mean that our destiny is somehow ruined or derailed, that if we can just keep trusting God with who we are, like you said, write it down, make it plain, grab a hold of who you are in Christ. So I know that really liberated someone just to hear um, your own words and your own encouragement. So let's say we've moved past that, Tracy, we're in a different season. You also talk about in Becoming Brave, that when we live in a place of courage, we grab a hold of courage. You, you talk about David and how he saw the the Israelites around him that were so timid, they were so stuck and paralyzed by their fear and that bravery and courage is not just for us. I loved this way. You leaned into the fact that we are called to awaken courage in others. So give us a way that we can do that. If we see that, Hey, God is using me in this season. I'm feeling just empowered by him. I'm feeling like I've moved past maybe betrayal or things that were trying to take me out. How can we let bravery not only embolden us, but to inspire others? 
Yeah, it's, I love the fact that you brought up David. He's one of my favorite biblical mm. characters. And it's amazing. You know, you you hear different ones. They, you know, talk about the power of David's 300 mighty men of valor and all the exploits and all the things that his army of 300 did, how they toppled nations and commanded kings. And, you know, and I, my mind really had to retrace, you know, where did these 300 amazing warriors come from? You know, how do I find... 300 people that will serve me to the depth that David's name right, right. go behind enemy lines to serve David, to get him a cup of cold water. And so when you first find David interacting with these men, they weren't brave and they weren't courageous. These were actually 300 men that were hiding in caves. They were distraught, despondent. They were destitute. And it was in their lowest collective moments, David included, that David would go door to door, cave to cave, and he would sing songs to these men. He Mm. would offer them some of his venison. He would offer them a word of encouragement. And David built the mightiest army in the world Mm. for men who were distraught. And I think, you know, when we finally get an ounce of courage, right? When we finally get to that place, maybe we're not deep in the pit anymore. When we've risen above the chaos of our culture and we're finally maybe in a safe place, that the greatest thing that we can do for others and for ourselves is to go and find someone who's in that painful place that we've been in, bring them a cup of cool water, so to speak, offer them a word of encouragement, reach out maybe to that man or to that woman who is in a place that you pray that you never have to go to again. And you will find that as you pour out one ounce of bravery, that that courage, that moxie will multiply in the lives of others. And that all of a sudden, maybe you were all in the pit at the same time, that wave of united courage will culminate together and it will raise you all up to places you've never been. Mm -mm. That is so good because David was not in the palace yet. I mean, he's in the cave with them, Tracy, right? I mean, he's in a low place and yet he's still that just the visual, as you describe that of him going from cave to cave and encouraging people, even when he himself was in need of encouragement. So what that says to us is we don't have to wait until everything is, is perfect. You know, whatever God has given you, what you've been through, like you said, you're rising above the chaos of our culture. You have something to offer. Listen, men, women, young, old, whoever you are listening right now, God wants to use you. He wants to use every part of your story. Tracy could talk for hours about how God has used her. She's traveling the world, literally all over the world. And I know right here where this podcast is heard in 130 countries. So wherever you are listening from, I want you to know that there is no circumstance that limits the power of God moving in your life and through your life. You may be looking at a situation that feels like a limiting, defining situation like David dealt with or Deborah dealt with, or the daughters that we've talked about. All of them at first glance look like, listen, this is a very limited landscape that I'm looking at. And that might be very well the case in the natural, but what Tracy's encouraging us, if we can put our hope in God, what feels like a limitation 
actually is not going to be your liability. It's going to be the pathway through which God is going to work and move in your life. So thank you so, so much, Tracy. And she's going to pray over us guys in just a moment, but I always love to ask one last question before we close. You're making your life matter in so many ways, Tracy, speaking in not only America, but all over the world, Cuba, South America, Africa, Canada, the Middle East, speaking into diverse places. My husband and I pastor a diverse multicultural church outside of DC. I so appreciate uh, your voice in our generation and across cultures. And so other than Jesus, I want to know who has inspired you from the Bible to make life matter the way that you do. Oh, immediately I would have to say Joshua, Mm. you know, you would think that most women would choose a female leader, but (laughs) Joshua is my guy. I I think he's uh, amazing because he was an exemplary uh, follower, um, but he was able to make the transition into an amazing leader. Mm. And I think that that's so rare in our culture to where, you know, you find someone who has become very apt at being in that number two role and then is able just to um, immediately shift over into being the lead. And so I have so much admiration because he was, he gracefully served um, the one that went ahead of him. And then he was able not only to carry out the vision, but to help fulfill the vision. That's so good. He's such a powerful leader and he followed such a powerful leader. You know what I mean? It's hard to feel like we can step into the shoes of someone like Moses, one of the greatest leaders of all time. So I love the fact that Joshua led differently, but he led in the way that God called him to. And so that's such a reminder for us, be who God has called you to be. Maybe you're a more of a behind the scenes person. You don't feel like that fierce front and center, like Deborah, then be who exactly who God has called you to be. Bravery takes many forms. And we just want to encourage you today, be brave in a culture that fear is so loud. I wanted to, to just bring this message before we head into summer and say, listen, whatever God is calling you to, he's going to equip you and empower you to do it. Walk in your God-given anointing and your God-given authority. And before Tracy closes us in prayer, I want to read uh, one of her uh, paragraphs in today's truth that matters. There is a moment in everyone's journey when deep rooted conviction requires us to creep beyond the borders of what is comfortable and into the land of uncertainty. And haven't we all been living in that land of uncertainty live long enough and faith will demand that passion bypass passive passivity. If for no other reason than we were created to trust God, nothing is more pleasing to our father than ordinary people who are willing to stretch toward extraordinary things. What a beautiful picture of what it looks like to become brave. Let our passion bypass passivity and stretch toward extraordinary things. Thank you so much, Tracy, for lending your voice here to the Make Life Matter podcast. And we just pray over our listeners as we close today. Yes, absolutely. Father, we thank you that you did not create your sons and daughters to walk around timid or afraid. But God, you place within each of us a heart of a warrior. And today we acknowledge that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And Father, according to that promise, we step out of the shadows of apprehension and shame and into the light of your grace. Father, we embrace what you have uh, set before us. We acknowledge that we hold a special place in your heart. And God, it's in 
total confidence and freedom that today we choose to move forward with the assignment that you've given us. Grant us favor, grant us wisdom, and grant us courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.